0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Bad Books. This is the project with Kevin Devine and Andy Hall, who is the frontman of Manchester Orchestra. And I won't lie to you, I've been a big fan of both of them for many years now, and it brings me a lot of joy to bring this talk to you. Last month, they released their third album as Bad Books. That album is titled Three, and... It's full of songs that touch up on the emotional growth that comes from just being a human being. Sonically, it's very different than anything they've done before, which obviously was a major crux of this chat that we had. And yeah, you know, saying that thing about the human condition, that's a very broad thing to say. But, you know, honestly, this episode delves so much into what I mean by that thesis statement. I had an early morning chat with both Kevin and Andy via Skype, where They shared how the album came to be and why this is their most emotional work yet. Thank you for listening. This is the 405 Exchange with Bad Books.
1: I think from like 20 minutes into knowing each other, it was pretty clear to Andy and I that like the capacity for us to be uh, joyful (laughs) in one another's presence was, was pretty um, apparent. Um, And I think that the relationship has only gotten like deeper and funnier and more serious and more uh, (laughs) the capacity for it to be both like endlessly lunar goofy and also like really rooted in the deep kind of big questions moving around with equal facility in those two realms is like something he and I are really, um, we, we fit that way. And I think that's like a pretty rare thing for, for to be able to have that kind of friendship. And I think the fact that we are both songwriters and musician, musicians, it kind of extended itself pretty naturally to the process of like making art with one another. Um, I'm surprised sometimes by what we make and I'm surprised by, I mean, you know, the way we, we are always kind of pushing each other and ourselves, but I, the, 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 if I pretty much know if I'm going to get in a room with Andy, I'm going to end up like both having a conversation that's like enlightening and, 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 and sort of stretching and also like laughing my ass off the whole time I'm there. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Andy, would you say the same? <laughs>
2: Making albums can be really stressful and heavy, and performing the art side of what Kevin's talking about um, can be like taxing and stressful as well. So I'm always really grateful. I was actually having a conversation on night about this, where, where we can go out on tour, and you know, where you can start to kind of feel weird, and it's just to, it's a tough thing to explain. But just playing shows is um, stressful at times, and having somebody that you can be really like goofy and transparent with um is really helpful and that goes for the studio as well when you're stressed about making sure that you're recording the rest thing, them you have these kind of pockets of, of joy in the middle of there it's, it's
0: really great yeah and you know i'm sure you guys are always asked about how you met so i don't want to ask about that but what i'm curious in that regard was it kind of clear to both of you when you both met each other that it would lead into either like, a lasting friendship or, like, something creatively coming from it? I mean, was it kind of obvious to you that, like, wow, this is someone I could see myself creating art with?
2: Maybe not on, like, the initial first meeting. I think, you know, it was more, like, hopeful of, like, oh, this is a person that I, I mean, I think the very first time we met, we ended up having a several-hour-long conversation about, you know, life and death and sobriety and whatever it is. And so I think that was sort of peculiar. Like, wow, you know, this person can go deep. And um, I'd say within the first week, though, when we started playing on each other's songs on this particular tour,
1: it started to feel like um, there was a mesh there when we were gelling. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's exactly right. I would agree with that fully. It was it was very much we we got on. Very well, very soon, and the depth and breadth of that was kind of like, yeah, apparent early. It is not normal necessarily to have that kind of dialogue right away, uh, but you obviously Andy's right. Like you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen, but uh, but that's that's what you. That certainly was like a nice uh, leap out of the starting gate, um, and then it was so quick that it felt i think by like the third or fourth day of that tour we were like i don't know that tour it felt like the the, the people on it and, and particularly like our relationship the development was really fast and 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 really um binding and like i don't know not to sound crazy but there was like an inseparable quality to every it was just kind of like everyone just kind of locked in. And I think that particularly we ended up really like, from that point forward, it's just been like, it was like a sprint out of the starting gate that has kind of just been that way for 12 years, really. We've been friends in in pretty constant communication since the spring of 2007. So, um, yeah.
0: It it feels like a lifetime ago when you put it that way. Isn't that wild?
2: Yeah. Yeah about um, actually I was having a discussion about Pixar because I was looking at a list of the Pixar movies
1: and I realized that um, The Incredibles came out in November of 2004 and the first I took my now wife on oh my god wow. 18 years ago and that feels like yesterday and so it's insane to me that a am near two three years later <laughs> I meet Kevin and here we are that is- I can't believe The Incredibles came out in 2004 that's insane that's not really the point of this. no that's what that's what i took from it that's i really took that's what i took from it i didn't hear much else you said actually but i definitely can't believe that that's wild (laughs) thank you andy
0: uh i want to start asking you about um... about
1: the incredibles yeah go ahead
0: (laughs) one of the best pixar films of all time clearly no no (laughs) i want to start asking you about the music especially this new album that you guys released um three Uh um You know, with experiencing this new album of yours, it was clear to me that you wanted the approach of a new Bad Books album to be very different. Um, Can you talk to me about what those initial conversations were like when you started working on this album?
1: Yeah, you want to take that one, Kevin? Sure. So we had, I think in the summer of 2015, so Bad Books had, had pretty much stopped playing shows for the second record by the end of 2013. Um, and you know, in the inter in the intervening years, a lot of stuff happened in both Manchester world and my world musically, and also family stuff, <laughs> namely like children being born and <laughs> things <laughs> like that happening. Um, and so we kind of moved away from there was no like it, there really was no timeline set to revisit bad books, even though we were kind of keeping it. Sort of um, tacitly alive by doing some bad books songs whenever Manchester and myself would play shows together and things like that. Um, I think a couple of years back we got together and did a song that is as yet unreleased, summer of like 2015, and really liked it. But just sort of were like, we don't really know. It was like a, it was like a bit of an island. We didn't really know what the song was going to be for. We just kind of did it to do it. Um, and you know, bad books is a thing that kind of presents itself when there's time. So so we set aside some time, uh, between Manchester finish and black mile. And I had a tour that got canceled. This was like spring of 2017. And I went down to visit Andy and Rob and we went into the studio and we kind of just had the vague outline of like, maybe we'll try to write a song. It was pretty loose, not even really super articulated. And then when we got down there, um, I think I was there for like maybe two and a half days, three days. And um, you know, Andy was sort of like, well, what do you have? What songs do you have? Cause you know, I have this idea that we would maybe do something kind of like, uh, the feel of like the basement tapes or something where it was like, just kind of pretty, sh- sh- I don't know, shambolic, loose kind of thing where it was like two guys, a guitar, uh, two vocals, like almost literally and initially, like conceptually, like <laughs> a microphone between the two mm-hmm. and sort of, we just like pass the songs back and forth. Um, and what that led to is he and I sitting down and showing one another, I think at that point it was 10 or 11 uh, acoustic based songs um, and sort of recording them, the basic guts of it being one of us playing guitar and singing. And then I layer, we layered harmonies and stuff that first weekend to an extent and sort of saw that there was like the shape of a record there. Um, and, and, and and the initial approach was very bare. Very much like a, one guitar and two vocals, you know. Um, how that developed into the more kind of widescreen cinematic, but still not like quote unquote rock album that 3 became was... Uh, the, the really a product of the process uh, and as much as anything else, like we ended up taking 10 months between session one and session two in which we did not listen to the songs at all just to sort of let them breathe, went back and visited it, heard what was there, really liked what was there, but decided it was not a record that we wanted to like turn into rock music in a traditional way like the song like the a lot of the first two records in particular two had been. Um, indie pop rock thing so we decided to try to like make it dynamic in a way that was more about interesting choices again I use that language of widescreen cinematic because that's what I see when I see that record it's it's a bit more yeah that that you know that thing that keeps coming up about Simon and Garfunkel in space it's true it's like pretty I guess, relatively unadorned folk music, but that also takes interesting left turns arrangement-wise and tonally. And that stuff just sort of came together a piece at a time, built on that initial foundation of, like, what what, what if we made a record this weekend <laughs> that was just, like, the songs we have and the two of us doing what we do? Um, and then it kind of, develop, kind of developed its own language over the course of the two and a half, two years we were working on it and became, like, what you hear now. Wow.
2: I think we realized how um, cohesive it was after we started picking the songs that we had, you know, like together and realizing, oh, you're singing about this, I have something where I'm sort of singing about that, and here's this thing, and then what was even cooler was after the first 10 months, where we didn't listen to it, when we listened back to it, it was like, you sort of had the drone view of it, and you realized, like, oh wow, like, unintentionally and not knowing we're similar lyrics and sections that were referencing each other's songs in these moments and I thought that that connection was kinda of too ultra then sort of turning into pretty bare folk record. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. more
0: I mean, what I love about that from a music fan perspective and also being a fan of both of your works with Manchester and Kevin, your solo projects and with, uh, you know, everything that you guys have both done is like, I'm always struck by how you could take um, two different perspectives just from the innate aspect that as people we have our own uh, insular lives, but you could come together creatively and find yourselves feeling inspired in a very uh, cohesive way that's almost a bit like a conduit. And that makes me wonder, like what do you feel was that was inspiring this body of work, uh, not just lyrically, but musically? Because to be so in sync that you were responding so similarly, that's a very beautiful thing.
2: I think mm. really that comes down to, I don't think that happens on Bad Books 1, you know, or is it on Bad Books 2? I think other and, and take cues and certain sentiments and you know, we're sort of ultimately all of our big deep conversations, you know, which could come right after being ridiculous or zello. But we're always circling around the same thing. because um, so I think all sort of connected. Um, mm-hmm. you, musically inspiring was like, that's just, the, that's the most fun part of making an album is feeling confident in the structure of the songs and then just getting out the your toys and adding, we sort of have an add, 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 take a look and now start mm-hmm. to subtract. Other musical part but you have to do the first thing but a lot of times the second part that you added that was influenced by the first doesn't need the first anymore so we don't have a of trial and error to, to find the right paints to put on the, the canvas Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and you know what i think incredible too with where both of you are at in your careers now <laughs> considering um you have that aspect of longevity is i hear a record like this and i hear artists who are having a sense of allowance because I think, I mean, Kevin, you touched on it, how this album's a lot more acoustic-based, and I'm sure you've dealt with, both of you have dealt with people being either confused or taken aback by that, but I think what's really beautiful is the fact that there's this understanding that you've done so much in your careers, and you both have done relatively, like, acoustic-based tracks, but Mm -hmm. to have an album like this that's so acoustic-based primarily, and it's very much within the context of what the songs need to be, I love it when artists allow themselves to do things like that.
1: Well, I that's good. That's good. That's good. Because I also don't think you want to give your audience the benefit of the doubt and the like, uh, what's the word? Like uh belief in their intellectual capacity to receive, like this is not like in my, to my mind, this is not like a radical departure. It's not like we presented a record. That's like a, uh, abstract German techno music or something <laughs> and put the name bad books on it. Like Andy and I's entire bodies of work separately and together are built very much around like, I don't know, the church of song. They're very much songs, <laughs> you know? And so I think this record, what's what is subtly radical about this record is just the arrangement choices and some of the ways in which we kind of pulled at the taffy but like the thing in the middle, the guts of it, not only are there moments both of, in our both of our respective independent catalogs that are, um, uh, you know, structurally, I guess on some level, you know, guy with guitar songs with embellishment, there's moments on the first two bad books records that are that are that. Now this is a way more, I would say intentional, developed, um, exploration of that and i think it sounds different than when we'd flirted with those things prior and i actually think that's true not only of bad books but it's different than how we've treated it in our own work i think that the, the record stands alone sonically from anything that myself or manchester or, or bad books have done prior but the thing in the middle of it is something that i think is the reason people have been coming to our respective music for the entire time we've been making it which is it's just their songs and they communicate something in a way that, 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 um, so I think if you take the drums away, there might be somebody that like, likes rock music better than quiet music. And it's just that simple for them, you know? And I understand that, but like, I, 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 yeah, I, I think you have to allow yourself to do stuff like this. Cause otherwise you're just trying to like chase the same thing over and over again. And I think this is how you like get better. Yeah. You know, I,
2: Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Of course.
1: that's that's all i mean and the nature of the culture at present in specific is very immediacy oriented i kind of like i don't know if i've ever thought about anything i've ever made as being connected to the current moment i agree with that sentiment so so specifically for better and for worse with respect to like your career arc or 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 whatever like but I think the way you get to have a career arc is by kind of trying, not even trying, trying indicates that you're, what you're trying to do is challenge yourself, right? And and and, and hopefully challenge yourself in a fashion, <laughs> the, the, the magic trick and the lucky thing is where if you can get enough people interested in going along with you for the ride, then you get to have like a life in music and Jesus Christ, then you like won the lottery. It is a lot of work. I'm not saying it's like, it's a, it's just like people, just as something you're handed, you have to scratch for it. But also like the thing you're scratching for is like, you know, you get to sort of, uh, make stuff in in public forever. But, uh, yeah, there's, and by the way, this is all to say, I I also, also should acknowledge, I don't, we, neither of us, do a whole lot of digging but it does seem like what has come particularly at the shows and in what's the feedback we've received is pretty like overwhelmingly positive now that's not what you're doing it for but it's certainly nice it's not like the vast majority of people are like where are the drums our drummer wasn't even like where are the drums so (laughs) you know i think he was like fuck this is great you have to call it three so you know yeah
0: that's massive well To just go deeper into the context of all that, I want to start asking you guys about some of the songs off the album and, you know, kicking off with the fact that the album starts off beautifully with uh, Wheel Well. Um, It has that wordplay that we've grown to love from both of you, but I'd love to hear more about how this one came together. I mean, obviously it's a bit of evolution, but yeah, I would just love to hear about this one.
1: Um Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, when, and that also like very – the, the bad book's treatment with that one was initially that, that verse that ends the song kind of floating in space about um, no one's alone or it's the one thing we are. That was initially in the f- first draft of the song, the, fir- the front end of verse two. It came before the uh, uh, socialist song Invocation of Christ verse. Um, and hey, that was something where we were kind of like, you know, Andy, we were listening back and we were, we'd been building stuff and, you know, Andy at one point was like, I kind of feel like we need to get to that, that second chorus quicker for the evolution of the song and the development, the kind of, um, arrangement development, the colors we were painting with and the, the, the how you like building out the size of the thing. Um, and we were, t- I think actually that conversation might've happened like on your back patio one night of tracking the second go round, and we ended up like putting it. I they I was those guys were like check this out, and they had like kind of moved it <laughs> to the end of the song, and it was like, oh my god, it's so much cooler there treated that way. Uh, and all of a sudden, the song, which had been this beautiful thing and ruminative and, and built out, but became this. That's what you're always looking for is like, what's the thing that can make it special and there were special moments threaded throughout, but that thing really made it feel like really uh, suited to open the record and introduce not just the color palette, but also the like sort of um, lunar quality out in space a little bit. You know, we got to kind of have the song get swallowed by technology a little bit at the end too. Oops. So that was, that was a cool moment.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fucking massive um you know next (laughs) i I really would love to ask you about um and just to also mention that what a beautiful way to start an album i mean i don't want to just latch onto that song so much but it really did take me by surprise as a listener as well
1: thank you yeah
0: um i next want to ask about the video for ufo because i feel like that one really harkens to how magical a project like this could be the collaborative nature of both uh kevin and andy or you and you know Look at that! Talk about you guys in the third person, essentially. But um, on one hand, you both have this dis- the distinct ways of approaching projects. But then you have a song and a video like UFO that feels like such a great marriage of your styles. Um, yeah, it really is a beautiful, beautiful. It's both sad and hopeful. There's moments where it's muted in color, but also there's key moments of color. And believe it or not, I feel I, I believe it or not, I had to watch it twice to get a sense of what the story was because the first time I watched it. I was so engrossed by just the visuals that I didn't really pay attention to the arc. And then watching it the second time, yeah, and then the second time I got just like a gut punch of the emotionalness of it. So I'd love to hear both about the video and the song. that as
2: well
1: i mean i think one of the beautiful things about getting to do this project is hearing the other person's material for the first time um and ufo is just such an immediate snapshot postcard song bracing uh you know and when andy played it it was one of those things that was just like yeah that's that's great <laughs> That's it. That says what it needs to say. The picture's painted, and I've said this before, but I always really liked too. I like things that remind me, in indirect ways, of um, there's a lyric there are conversations between songs, not just of our own, but like between the, the kind of larger canon, the body of song. Um, and I liked in that story, you know, um, the idea of there is nothing. There is nothing in the wind. Given the character's circumstances, I for some reason when he played that for me, the first thought I had was, you know, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. Except not here. These people are. (laughs) There is not an answer. Uh, And and or that the answer is to some extent the embracing of your circumstances, and you can put that in the mouth of characters in, um, you know, uh, dire straits, extraterrestrial. Uh, You know, captive moment, but it kind of also brought more broadly applied to like, one of the overarching themes of the entire record and also to me of like, on some level, our whole shit as people is like, how do you get through? And part of how you get through is like, you change the things you can, and you just got to make peace with the stuff you can't. And there's a lot more you can't, honestly than what you can you can change a lot about your inner landscape but there's a whole lot circumstantial that you just gotta kind of like either you're like someone said to me once like let go or be dragged and it's kind of happening either way <laughs> um and so uh that song i, I you know the, the the circumstances were were, were are, are obviously like um dramatic and 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 a, and, a, and 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 Um, allegorical but it it sort of makes sense just as much as writing a very autobiographical song about moving through stuff like that and the video itself yeah again that was like um, we were definitely uh, I don't want to suggest that we were not involved in, in obviously like notes and uh, help, uh, helping, uh, determining how what, what we liked and wanted to see, but so much of that credit deserves to go to the, the guys who conceptualized and, and shot it. We, like Andy said, when we saw it, we thought the concept made a lot of sense and, and wedded well to the song. But when we saw the actual product, we were like, okay, that's pretty fucking insane. Um, they, they definitely. Um, understood something about it and then which is what you know art aims to do they understood it and then also made something their own with it and yeah i think it's really i think it's it's i also agree with you it's a pretty beautiful thing to watch so
0: yeah that's incredible yeah before i let you guys run here i only have a couple more questions for you thanks for taking the time to chat today this has been really awesome yeah Yeah,
1: of course yeah
0: uh my favorite tune off the album is i love you i'm sorry please help me thank you um I'm curious what it was like for you to finish a song like that, because it's another one that's very much driven by the wordplay and the vocals, and when I heard this song, I remember thinking, God, it must have took a while to get it right, because it just, this is one of those songs to me that sounds like it could have gone in just a myriad of different directions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right?
2: Just sort of the addition and subtraction of where we wanted to place things. and Mm hmm Uh
1: uh-huh.
2: Let the strings do the bedding of, of the uh, you know, on the song. It, it, and then once we got it there, and that first chorus hit with just the keyboard. Um, yeah, it was like a high five moment. I love high five moments in the studio where you're just like, <laughs> yes, we did it. You know, stumbled upon uh-huh. it. Yeah, yeah. And when he did, it like, really shook me because um, I relate to it a lot. And I think it's
1: mm-hmm. hopefully the way these songs are on the album. It's a phrase that no matter what situation you're in, or who you are, or what you believe, um, it resonates with you. So I was always drawn to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think that, you know, like, I think Andy and I communicate. Um in real life and through song, so um, committedly and well, um, and intuitively, um, that I also I think also like we, you know, I have a lot of faith in both his and my capacity to present a compelling song to you, to be able to sit down and play you a song on a guitar or a piano if applicable, and be like, and have it be compelling. So if that's the baseline, then great. You're trying to get a good take. You're trying to make sure the words say what you want them to say. The melodies are strong. You're trying to to to, to, to lean into that and to grow it. But the aha moments, the high five moments, are where you take that thing, break something apart in it, and it becomes more than it was. Um, and those moments in I Love You, I, you know, I loved that song. I loved the connection Andy had with it. I loved um it, it, i really loved that it was going to be something we did with bad books because it felt like the right home for it based on our conversations about it um but those moments in the studio where the middle of that song took the shape it took um were goosebump moments and that that I, I, you know there's a part of me that always wants to be like mindful of not sounding i don't mean any of that ever to sound like I don't know what they're like, like egotistical or something. I mean it more like it's the opposite. It's the magical thrill of discovery where you stumble into something through trial and error with the people you're working with that surprises you and you're the people making it. I would love to say that you're like I'm a, you know you're like a master in control of and, and and you know you get better at things and of course but the the best shit is when you're like whoa we just did that um and and that keeps you like perpetually 12 sitting in your room like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to put a chord with a lyric that you're like oh my god i wrote a song um and that you know changes the the, the, hopefully the level at which you're operating changes but that song the stuff we cracked open in that song made it elevated it from like a compelling song i could sit and play you on an acoustic guitar to like what is there now which is something that's uh, really elegant and uh and that's something that happens through the act of collaboration and trust so
0: that's just downright beautiful well it's really one of the best things about uh doing this uh talk today is just having you guys bounce off each other like it it really is a pleasure to listen to
1: I'm glad it
0: worked out. Yeah. Uh, I just want to have one more question, and um, it's a bit of a broad one, but I really did want to leave you with a question like this, considering just how the record sounds, the themes that you guys uh, delve into lyrically. Um, It is a very broad question, but I just want you both to know it's very much birthed from experiencing the album and knowing uh, it was the two of you coming together to make it. Um, This album is personal way that's both inward and outward, and it's in a reflective way. And... I'm curious in regards to how you guys both feel about, you know, humanity and the world. I mean, what does an album like this say about the human condition? Specifically, how do you feel you thought about the human condition while making an album like this? Well, I'm always thinking about the human condition, particularly my own. Um, <laughs>
1: I think that we are both people who move around a lot in what it means to be a person, and maybe more specifically what it looks like to try to be a uh, good, and at, and when that's hard to get to sometimes accountable person, uh, a person who... Um, tries to live well (laughs) and minimize the amount of damage they do. Uh, And the human condition is a tricky thing because people are governed by all kinds of mess. I am. And so I think that, uh, and I need a lot of help to try to like uh, be as close as I can to the beam and do as much as I can to... uh, own and clean up the damage I do inflict when I do. And so to me, a lot of the record is also about like the space between, um, you know, if you like give yourself a pass for everything, you don't grow. And if you beat the shit out of yourself for everything, you don't grow either. So there's some kind of space between that's about like, what does it look like to be Uh, a person who is trying to be good and better and part of that informs how do I turn my inner circumstances because external circumstances are going to be what they're going to be and some days they're going to beat the shit out of you and some days they're not. Some days they're going to hand you a, a bouquet of flowers and give you a massage but a lot of other days, they're not, <laughs> not going to do that. And so how do, I, how do I meet that with something like equanimity so I'm not, A, injuring myself, and B, like bleeding all over everybody around me? And I think that this, the record sort of deals a lot with the paths to that, and it deals with it in some ways that are semi-autobiographical, and it deals with it in other ways that are composites and fictional, and, uh, and I think that there is a message of, like, earned hope in that record that I think is uh, the best we got, really. And I think it's pretty good. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, we're at the end here. And before we, like, click off, um, you know, just, and thank you for, seriously, the most beautiful, both of you, very beautiful, thoughtful answers, especially with that last one. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy, you know how you said about The Incredibles uh, a couple... What was it, last week? It was last week. Last no, week. 2004. Yeah, 2004. 2004, The Incredibles. Well, <laughs> I was just going to bring up last week. Uh, last week, I was watching TV, and uh, Wally came on. And I went on IMDB, and it came out
1: in 2008. How <laughs> <laughs> wild was that? It, it, it holds up pretty imagining. damn well. I'm just imagining if this, guy, <laughs> if this conversation became just us listing the years movies came out.
0: <laughs> we can go on forever about that. I mean, Star you know, Wars uh, 1977.
1: I was going to say, Taxi Driver came out like that. <laughs> 75. Yeah. Um, no, I can't believe that's true. That movie that movie makes me cry. Wally's really good. It made
0: me cry rewatching it. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and holy crap. That Anyone listening who hasn't seen that movie in a while, go put that on and just get tissues in. <laughs> uh, guys, honestly, thanks so much for taking the time so early in the morning. Um, I've loved both of your music for years. I've had the fortunate pleasure of meeting you guys numerous times over the years here in New York, and... Getting to talk about bad books was great. Andy, Kevin, thanks so much for today.
1: <laughs> it was so Thank good to talk again. to you, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah, sorry, right. bro. a socialist song? An invocation of Christ, I guess. It's
2: whatever you like. No peace, no calm, no coastly, no there for the grace of God.